This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Fans and welcome back to Rotowire's signature NHL hockey pod podcast with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me as Statsman22. And my partner AJ Scholes is alongside, as always, from Madison, Wisconsin, and you can follow him at AJ Scholes24. AJ, we come in off the hop, and we took a bit of a hit, and we'll address that right off the the front end of the show for mispronouncing a couple of names from time to time. One of the comments on our site uh, pointed that out. And uh, I want to make a point here that you and I are not linguists. We're hockey, <laughs> we're hockey fans. And we're doing our best to pronounce some tricky French, European, and Russian names that uh, are difficult to pronounce. The NHL does have a pronunciation guide actually out there for a lot of these names. But even so... I'm going to make a point to you very shortly that some of those are incorrect. Uh, so occasionally we'll, we, we will muff one, folks, and we're sorry about that. But believe me, we're going to give it our best shot with some of these four or five syllable Russian names and so on. But, uh, you know, sometimes they will slip past us, and we apologize for that. I'll also make the point, though, that several NHL names have been mispronounced to the point that they have come to be accepted that way. And AJ, uh, I'm of Italian origin, as you know, and some of our listeners might gather from the last name Bruno. And I know very well that several names in the Italian community that have made it to the NHL have been mispronounced. And I'll just name a few of them through history that will resonate with people. There were a couple of guys that played so long and so well that they made the Hall of Fame, actually, that are on this list. And I'll begin with the Brother Act. Tony and Phil, what's the last name? Esposito. It's not. <laughs> it's Esposito. And and that's the pr- correct pronunciation in the Italian community, but it has come to be known as Esposito. And even Phil, I've talked to him about it. He says, yeah, I know, it's it's just been mispronounced, but you know what? I uh, I came to accept it and lived with it. And he's in the Hall of Fame, so take that. How about, <laughs> how about this? Dino? Cicerelli. Incorrect. I, I'm related to a family that has the same surname, and it's Ciccarelli. So there's another one. And then another guy who played with the Maple Leafs, a booming slap shot, 
uh, so much so that he made the All-Star team and he was recorded as the fastest and hardest shot for a time until the big giants, you know, Chara came around. It's Al... Uh, I Afraidy. No, it's not, my friend. Again, <laughs> there are relatives in the community that of mine that uh, have that same surname, and it's Iafrate. So there's three, three right off the top. And then a current player with the Maple Leafs, Cody... Cece. Incorrect. And, and this one is called Cody Chechi, is the, is the way it's supposed to be pronounced. So that's just an example of the difficulty that people have had with names, so much so in these cases that they've come to be accepted in the NHL. Now, we're not trying to invent new pronunciations of some of the other names, but we'll do it our best shot going forward. But I thought we'd have a little bit of fun with that off the top, AJ. Yeah, absolutely. My uh, my favorite story, uh, and not to belabor the point, but uh, my favorite story is when he came in the league, uh, current Buffalo winger Connor Sheary was how everybody called him. Uh, it was only three years later that he informed, uh, I think, the team as well as, uh, you know, media types that it's actually Sherry, which is what you'll hear now on on broadcast. And then another one, uh, Nicholas Grossman, uh, former Dallas Star, Philadelphia Flyer, uh, when he made the move to the Flyers, he apparently uh, was getting his passport uh, and visa, everything squared away. And the person in the front office there noticed that there were two ends on his passport. He'd been playing for Dallas for six years with just one end. And so then they changed they changed the name on the jersey, added the second end. So, I mean, yeah, this is the type of thing that, that happens everywhere. But uh, as you said, we'll do our best. And, hey, we're, we're open to constructive criticism, too. You know, if you, if you hear me, Botchwan or, or Paul Botchwan, let us know on Twitter, uh, you know, which one we got wrong. And we'll dive into it, make sure that we're getting it right. Um, so if, if you catch one, feel free to let us know. And the best way to do that uh, for that, as well as your line of questions, uh, and fantasy hockey questions is to tweet at us. Uh, you can follow me at AJ Scholes 24 and you can follow Paul the Statsman at Statsman22. All right, partner, let's dive right into our look at the rosters on the 31 clubs and that make up the league. And uh, every week we find changes because of injury and maybe shuffling, and that's the, the format that we all are going to follow again today. The Anaheim Ducks, uh, over the last two weeks, they went 2 3 and 1 since we were last together, AJ. Nick Ritchie, uh, who had solidified a spot on the top line at left wing, is out six to eight weeks with a sprained MCL. That's tough news for them because they're trying to get things sorted out among their top six, and he was fitting in nicely for a time alongside Ryan Getzlaff. Getzlaff, for his part, is uh, hot right now, eight points in his last seven games played, and he dropped the mitts, uh, something he doesn't do too often, against uh, Nikolai Ehlers. That was kind of an interesting tussle the other day. Uh, two guys that don't scrap too much uh, got down to it, and it was... It was an entertaining uh, duke out, I'll say. Devin Shore has uh, tried to move up to the left wing on the top line, has a goal and six shots on goal in his last three games played. I'll be interested to see if they give him a longer look to see if he can thrive alongside Getzlaff as long as he's hot. Rickard Raquel is another guy who's enjoying a nice run here with 10 points in his last 13 games played, solidifying the second line at left wing. In the Nets, though, where John Gibson was solid most of the season, find that he's now struggling, AJ. He's surrendered three-plus goals goals in in uh, seven of his last eight starts what i find interesting is uh about that left wing spot is the fact as you point out that devon shore is currently getting the look with the number one uh group there i would not be surprised to recap to see raquel uh get bumped up there now obviously they're you know trying to avoid uh breaking up that second line too much as well jakob silverberg is another one that could uh get 
you know, jumped up there as well. So I think it'll probably be open competition uh, over the course of that six to eight week injury uh, in which you'll see a, a couple of different combinations there on that top line. In Arizona, this team is ticking and bopping with an eight. 18-10-4 record. They're 4-2-1 in the last two weeks, AJ. Christian Dvorak is a guy I've had my eye on. He's getting a look at center on the top line and rewarding his team for that faith. Seven points in his last seven games played. The tip of the iceberg for this guy as far as talent goes. He's come out of the graduate of that London Knights uh, a OHL factory that turned, has turned out a ton of stars in the last few years, and Dvorak just might be coming into his own there yeah, to add another name to that, that list. Uh, rugged Lawson Kraus is getting a look at left wing on the second line, has only one goal and seven shots on goal in his last three games, but also 22 hits in that stretch, and so uh, the physicality is, is the thing that he brings to the, the group here. Uh, in the Nets, Darcy Kemper, four wins in his last five starts, doing what he's done all season long. He's quietly become one of the top uh, regarded goalies in the entire NHL finally getting his due now the team has a winning record despite the team success though the captain Oliver Ekman Larson is on pace for his lowest point scoring total since the 2011-12 season AJ I was shocked when I looked into this and uh, a guy who's jumped up to to take the lead in terms of the defense scoring is Alex Goligoski he's had a bit of a resurgence here this season and is uh, up there with 17 points on his way on his way to a 40 plus point season that he's done before when he was with Dallas Another big star that uh, has been struggling most of the season for them is Phil Kessel, who uh, it looks like maybe he's starting to figure things out a little bit there. Two goals and two assists in his last four games. The biggest concern here uh, is the even strength numbers. You look at his goal total. He's got six on the year, five coming on the power play. 10 of 18 points coming on the power play as well. And those four points that I mentioned in the last four games, all those were power play points. So really not getting really any production out of Phil Kessel in five on five. Uh, they continue to win, which is going to be the priority here. Obviously, uh, they're on pace for, for probably their best season ever. I, I'd have to dive into the numbers on that, but best in recent memory for sure. Uh, but they really, if they're going to make uh, it out of the first round of the playoffs, they're going to need Phil Kessel scoring in five-on-five -five situations. There's no doubt about it. Well, and one guy that the Bruins are going to need is Patrice Bergeron. He, they need him healthy, and he finally returned to the lineup uh, coming off the IR last night, scored a goal, but it wasn't enough as the Ottawa Senators kind of had their way with the Bruins uh, in a home ice victory that they'll be viewing as one of the high points of their season i think uh but back to the bruins david krejci has been solid in uh, bergeron's absence and has 21 points in 24 games almost a point a game pace for your second line center that's a real luxury these two veterans uh provide one of the best one two punches in the entire league david pasternak of course he's continuing to hum along five goals and two assists in his last seven games actually a threat to go for 50 goals in 50 games he's a little bit under that pace right now but uh he has a couple of big games. He'll be right on that uh, that pace, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can pull that off. It hasn't happened for a number of years in the NHL. Nick Ritchie is another tough forward here who is... Uh, Byron Ritchie, I'm sorry, Nick, Nick's brother, let's call him. Byron Ritchie returned after uh, several games out due to infe infection situation, but he's back and healthy now, and uh, that's good news for the Bruins as they're getting some of their injured players back. Bergeron Ritchie, two notables among their top nine forwards. Uh, Yaro Halak has been a great uh, find for this club. They they managed to fit him under, under the salary cap as a backup goalie. They spent some money on him, and he's rewarded them again with three wins and one shutout in his last four starts. That's how I spell relief in Boston.
<laughs> Absolutely. And unfortunately, you know, with that loss last night, uh, Tuka Rass saw an eight game uh, stretch in which he at least earned a point six zero and two in his last eight prior to last night's contest. So we saw that kind of undefeated in regulation streak snap uh, snap for them. You know, you mentioned Krejci's numbers. They have really been solid. But uh, for me, if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm a season long owner, uh, I might consider moving him, dropping him at this point, uh, depending on what else is available, because I just don't see him producing at the same clip on the second line uh, now that Bergeron's back. Now, having said that, I don't think this is the last uh, absence we'll see from Bergeron this year. It sounds like this is a lingering lower body issue that could flare up from time to time. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we're talking in a, another month or two that they shut him down for a couple games. Are you calling this load management uh, Kawhi Leonard version 2.0? <laughs> Is that what I'm hearing? It does. I, I do think we're, we're going to see something similar. I hesitate to call it load management, but uh, it certainly uh, could see him sitting a few games from time to time, especially uh, those couple of games in April. Great point, AJ. The Buffalo Sabres, 3-2-3 three, and three in their last eight games over the last two weeks. A busy schedule. Jack Eichel led all forwards in that stretch with 13 points. And uh, just having a, a career season, one of the top 10 scorers in the league. Actually, this is an interesting thing. There's a number of players that are vying for that 100-point mark. and uh, More than we've seen in the last few years. I'm excited about that to see offense back in the game. Vladimir Sabotka, another guy who figured to be a part of the top six here. He's out now following a knee surgery and expected back in mid-January. That's a tough blow for this team that has cobbled together a very nice-looking lineup in that uh, top two forward lines. And this guy will be there back in January, but they'll miss him in the interim. Rasmus Dahlin is another guy that they're going to miss big time on the defense. He's out with a concussion since November 25th, and there's really no update that I see, AJ, unless you have more news at your end at Rotowire headquarters, but... Uh, big piece missing on the blue line in his absence Rasmus Ristolainen who was a guy that they had uh, deemed expendable in the preseason I'm pretty pretty sure they're thrilled they hung on to him he's had a nice year and he's got six points in his last six games taking over the uh, power play quarterback responsibilities as well as his regular regular ice time and uh, putting up some good totals Uh, Linus Ulmark three wins in his last four starts allowing a total of 11 goals against another relief goalie who's challenging the the starter there uh, for playing time that's good news for the Sabres as well and uh, Olafsson a rookie winger eight points in his last seven games played he's second among rookie scoring leaders to a pretty good defenseman out there in Colorado I think what's interesting about the backup situation here is, you know, Carter Hutton brought in uh, to really be a starter, but Buffalo was able to do it without giving him like NHL starter money. They're only paying him 2.75 mil a year for this year and next year. Uh, I expect Olmark will be looking for a pretty significant pay uh, bump next year. He'll be an RFA uh, over the summer. And uh, moving forward, I think he's going to be the the number one for them Uh, this season. I think he'll see more and more starts and, and beyond, obviously. So uh, just kind of interesting how, you know, how things can change on that. And to your point, uh, I don't have any insider information on Rasmus Dahlin at, at this point. It looks like uh, it's kind of a wait and see, which, you know, tends to be the case with with concussion issues. The last Buffalo point I want to make here is it's, uh, you know, there was. Uh, some red flags when they use Marcus Johansson in the middle instead of Casey Middlestat. And now those uh, red flags have become, uh, you know, uh, evident as he was scratched in their most recent game. Uh, it just doesn't seem to be uh, c- clicking this year. And, and I don't know what it's going to take. I'm, I'm 
pretty positive they can't send him down to minors with uh, without putting him on waivers, which they're absolutely not going to do. Uh, so he's going to have to figure it out from the press box, unfortunately, uh, and that's going to make things difficult uh, at best. So really, uh, for Sa- the Sabres fans here, uh, another kind of wait and see. Like, what can he figure it out? What's going to happen here with Casey Middleset? Well, up next, the Calgary Flames. This team is red hot right now. Flames are red hot. Nobody's used that before, eh? <laughs> Five-game winning streak after a 5-4 overtime win in Colorado last night. So good for them and uh, good for uh, Monaghan, uh, who has ridden a hot streak, now playing second-line minutes. And uh, he is uh, piled up seven points in his last six games played, including two, uh, two power play points and that overtime winner last night. Uh, David Riddich, 4-0-1 in his last five starts, 11 goals against in that stretch before last night's game. So he's on an, another hot streak uh, personally. Johnny Gaudreau snapped out of a, a scoring drought in terms of players that are not hot right now. He's got five points in his last six games before last night. So he's kind of turned the corner and their uh, Calgary fans have been waiting for, for him to explode. He has. Another guy who's really exploded is Andrew Mangiapane. He has got uh, goals in his, five goals in his last uh, several games uh, nine games i think it is including one more last night he solidified a top six role there over there so a lot of good news in terms of players that have gotten off the schneid in calgary i think the most interesting thing about calgary right now is uh their name being tossed around in in the taylor hall sweepstakes here uh you can see where that would be a decent fit uh he's going to the other conference which is you know always preferred they're third in the Pacific right now, so they're they're tracking down Edmonton and, and Arizona, uh, and I really think he would add uh, another dimension to this team. That uh, you know, for my money right now, look, they've got Matthew Tuchuk on the first line, Monahan on the second, and Johnny Gaudreau on the third. So they're really trying to spread out the scoring here and and get you know different combinations. And so far, it's been working. But to add another top talent like that, you know, then you're skating to Chuck Lindholm and Taylor Hall on your top line. Uh, that really would be a, a lights out group there. So it's an interesting situation to keep an eye on and, and how they might uh, be able to pull that off. All right. Up next, we talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. They are missing two rugged forwards, Eric Halla and Martin Netzcash is out. Uh, Nescash might be back in the lines, lineup fairly soon. He's back in practicing, could return later this week, but Halla is the guy that they're missing for, they've been missing for a while and will continue to do so for at least the next week or two. Sebastian Ajo is a guy that they can ill afford to have out of the lineup because he's just scoring like crazy of late. Four goals, three assists in his last six games played to lead this offense. I've been on the Jake Gardner uh, boo wagon, I'll call it, forever, <laughs> and uh, Seven points for the the veteran defenseman and a minus 17 for the worst season that he's had as a pro. So things have gone from bad to worse for for a guy who has all kinds of talent, but it hasn't been able to put it together of late. And uh, I just wonder where things are going to wind up for Gardner because they're paying him a lot of money and he's just not delivering the goods there. Jordan Stahl is another guy that they've committed a lot of money to, and he's struggling up front, holding down the center position on one of the top scoring lines there, but only three assists in his last 11 games played. He's got to turn it around, or we're going to see the, the Hurricanes fall a little bit from grace they're sitting there with an 18 11 and one record but only three and three in their last six outings one guy who's who's the buck to the trend of late and through the season is Zvechnikov thriving in a breakout sophomore season now has 32 points in 30 games played for for the Canes and uh, that's the best news they've got going there 
I actually think the best news they have going for them is Dougie Hamilton continues uh, to have a strong year, 28 points in 30 games, uh, a plus 16 rating there, uh, 10 of those points coming on the power play. But because of what we're seeing out of John Carlson in, in Washington, every other defenseman is just kind of you know, flying under the radar, including uh, Dougie Hamilton, who any other year I think would be a strong uh, candidate uh, for the Norris Trophy. But at this point, uh, I don't think anybody is in the discussion other than John Carlson. The Chicago Blackhawks treading water 12-12-6 on the season 3-3-1 three, three, and one in the last two weeks. They're dealing with some injury issues now that could drag that record down a little bit. Andrew Shaw and Drake Kajula both out with concussions on the IR. But a, the more troubling aspect is Duncan Keith with a groin injury. This guy's still one of the most gifted skaters in the league. And when you're talking about a groin, groin injury to a guy whose uh, skating game is the biggest asset, that's a real problem. And so they're going to miss these guys, and it'll be tough for them to continue to tread that water, as I suggested. Brendan Saad, Saad is a guy who is... Uh, was blanked in his last four games played following a nice stretch of seven points in eight games played. They'll need him to get back on the schneid uh, at his right wing position on the top line to help offset what's going on in the infirmary. Jonathan Taves is another guy whose uh, production was a little bit below his standard in recent weeks, but in the last two, he's enjoyed his best, best run of the season with six points in his last six games played. I feel bad for those of you who bought into the Eric Gustafsson uh, breakout season last year as a top scoring defenseman he's back to a career norm uh, AJ with with only a handful of points year to date and uh, I don't see that changing in the near future uh, 19 points in 29 games played nine points in 29 games played far off his career pace that he set last year a 60 point mark if I do recall yeah, I definitely agree. I don't think he's uh, getting back to, to that this year. Uh, at best, maybe you could hope uh, he reaches, you know, maybe 30 at this point, uh, unless he goes on a real strong run. Another guy who is on a very strong run in his last three games is Alex DeBrincat with goals in three straight. And this followed a, a 12 game goal uh, goal drought. Now, he racked up nine assists over that stretch. So certainly nothing uh, to be disappointed in there and really was still putting pucks on on net, 35 uh, shots on goal during that 12-game drought. But he's back to, to putting pucks into the net. And if you stuck with him uh, on you know season-long leagues through the drought, you're certainly uh, reaping the rewards now. In, in Colorado, they are hoping to reap rewards from the fact that their big line is healthy. Uh, Nathan McKinnon on fire before last night. 12 points in his last six games played. I think he added to that total with a couple more points last night. Gabriel Landeskog, a pair of goals in his first two games played since returning to the lineup, uh, tells me that he's hitting the ice running, and uh, with them joining Rantanen, that line is no worse than second best in the NHL behind the Bruins' top trio. Uh, Ryan Graves is a big name uh, in terms of the fantasy waiver wire. Up, His ownership is up 18% over the last two weeks. He picked up before last night's game four points in his last six games played. And I think he too added, added to that total last night as well. Jonas Donskoy also added to his recent run. He's now got 10 points in his last seven games played. His ownership is up 12% in terms of picking players up off the waiver wires in various fantasy leagues. Pavel Frankus is another guy, a backup goalie who's uh, kind of turned things around um, of late. 10% bump for him, up to 22% ownership, while Philip Grubauer is out of the lineup uh, nursing injuries, and uh, 
and maybe getting some downtime. I don't know who started for that team last night, AJ, since it was the last start, late start. Maybe you can take a look at that one. He, uh, Frank, who's won, had wins in each of his last three starts, allowing a total of only four goals against. So great work from another relief uh, pitcher in the defense, uh, the goalie ranks. Kale McCarr is uh, the leading scorer among NHL rookies, and the rookie defenseman is now registered at DNP with an upper body injury, and uh, I think he could, it's not too serious. He should be able to return later this week so uh give us an update on on the injury news if you could well i'll start with frank who's he got rocked last night five goals allowed on 33 shots so a, a rough showing for him uh it sounded originally like grubauer uh was potentially going to be the backup last night uh but that uh fell through and they had adam werner uh step into in you know potential relief he didn't get into the game but uh potential relief if if francuza needed it so i think grubauer is close uh and i would expect to see him in the lineup sometime soon here kale mccarr is obviously the the big uh concern there does sound like could be back before the end of the week which will be good news i i find these uh these uh, players you brought up whose ownership has gone up really interesting uh i would expect frank who's will be back to being dropped uh once grubauer is cleared to go uh same with with ryan graves i i you know he's had a decent run but once kale mccarr's back uh if they they'll get eric johnson back at some point he's still currently week to week uh so obviously a, a long-term injury there but i i think for my money, I would hold off on all three of the guys that, that you mentioned uh, just because the the changing roles. Donskoy was getting top-line uh, looks from time to time with Nathan McKinnon. That's not going to happen now. Uh, same with Andre Burakovsky. He uh, was up there periodically, and now uh, that's going to be your second line. So uh, I'm, I'm a fade on I'm pretty much all three of those guys, Graves, Donskoy, and Frank Kuz. I'm going to take issue with with you on Graves. I think he's a guy that might be a, a nice boon to people looking for defensemen out there on behind that offense. AJ, well, maybe you have to put a little side bet on that one down the road. <laughs> Columbus Blue Jackets—they've endured a four-game losing streak before last night, and uh, you can maybe update that situation as well. Brandon Dubinsky is a guy they've been waiting on since the beginning of the season. He uh, had a wrist injury in the, uh, that he had to deal with, and uh, he's cl- getting close to a return. But joining him in the infirmary is Wierenski, a top-scoring defenseman, out with a shoulder injury until at least early, early January, if at best it looks like. Tough blows for a team that needs all hands on deck to compete. Pierre-Luc Dubois is a guy that they've been counting on as a top-six center. Only one assist in his last six games played. He may, in fact, be losing some minutes if he continues on that stretch. Alexander... Tessier is getting more top six center time and has two points in his last three games played to challenge for that role. Sonny Milano, another guy with offensive upside, is getting more minutes, but a low shot on goal rate and no goals, only one assist in his last and six shots on goal in his last four games don't bode well for him too. So they've got a number of players that they're expecting more from, but the infirmary is where they're getting hurt right now. Well, Jonas Corposalo saw uh, 39 shots last night by the Washington Capitals. That's the second most he's faced in in any game this season, but came up big, gave up just two goals, and they got a win uh, on the road against Washington. So a pretty big win uh, for Columbus last night. And, you know, I think uh, what you're seeing here out of out of Corposalo is a guy that they're going to kind of uh, live, and, live and die with, for, for lack of a better term, uh, the rest of the season. I would expect his games played 
will be upwards of 55, uh, maybe pushing for 60. And I think they're just going to let him go out there and be the number one guy uh, and see how he hangs and what he can do there. So uh, it definitely, if you were uh, like myself and anticipating maybe a little bit more of a split situation this year, uh, and you picked up both Corpus Allo and Mirza Lincolns as, as a handcuff, I think you could safely drop Mirza Lincolns at this point. Dallas Stars are a team that has surprised me, quite frankly, AJ. They're still one of the top defensive teams in the league, and that's one reason why they're in a playoff spot right now. Stephen Johns is a guy that helped in that regard in years past and is back and at practice following a long bout with concussion issues and may soon make his season debut. So it's interesting that here we are in late December, mid-December rather, and a couple of guys who have been on the injury list since since September are looking to, to make their debuts uh, at this point. Johns would be a nice addition on the back end over here. Another guy who's uh, turned his season around, John Klingberg, one goal and six assists in his last nine outings, finally finding his offensive game, and that's a, a great boon to this club. Uh, being a healthy scratch, after four goalie, four scoreless games, seems to have awakened Al, uh, Radulov uh, over there. AJ two points in his last games played. This guy's a heart and soul player, and they need him going if they want to com- continue to compete for that playoff spot. So a very good sign for him. Matthias Janmark is starting to produce in a new role as the first line center with two points in his last three games played. This is an experiment where they've moved Tyler Sagan in and out of the center position, and now it looks like he's getting a shot on the wing. Rupe. Hints is another guy, a youngster who's been manning the center position most of the season and really carrying a lot of the offensive load, but he's been slow to find his offensive groove with only two points in eight games played since he returned from his injury absence earlier in the season. With all the players on this roster, you're absolutely right. You would expect them to have uh, be scoring more and have a better offense. Only 2.61 goals uh, per game on the season right now. But as you pointed out, defensively, uh, that's where they're making hay right now. Tied for third fewest at 2.39 goals per game, uh, and so that's that's what they're how you know what they've turned into. I, as you said, really surprised when you've got Sagan, Hints, Ben Radulov. Oh, and you added uh, Captain America Joe Pavelski to the team too. I expected big offense from this club, and it really just hasn't been there. Uh, you know, even Miro Heiskanen uh, hasn't been, you know, maybe as hot as you would want. He is kind of starting to figure it out four game, four points in his last three games, but that follows a five-game pointless streak. So I think really you're going to see streaky offense from most of these guys all season long, and that really uh, limits where I would use them. you got to pick and choose your spots uh, and, you know, find matchups where, where it's going to work for you. And in Detroit, they're just looking for ways to find way find uh, a win right now. They're on an 11-game losing streak, and uh, they might want to fit Jonathan Bernier for a Purple Heart. This guy's shouldered the load here in the Nets with Jimmy Howard out with a soft tissue injury. To help him out a little bit, they they found a way to draw in Eric Comrie uh, into the line of a veteran backup who is going to get a shot in that same role with the wings as long as Jimmy Howard is out. But neither one of these goalies has any fantasy value as long as this team is is on this 11-game loser, AJ. And up front, Tyler Bertuzzi got injured blocking a shot on Saturday, listed as day-to-day, but no real info yet on a, a young 
Lindster, who's having had a nice year and playing top line minutes on on the Detroit's uh, pretty dynamic first line, uh, if you can say that about a team that's on such a poor streak. Andreas Athanasiu is uh, symptomatic of what's gone wrong this season. It's unclear if he's injured right now, but he's going to list looking like he's going to be sit out sitting out tonight's game. I wonder if that has more to do with a league worst minus 33 record. AJ, maybe you can shed some light on that. Perlini, another winger from who came over from Chicago. I thought this guy was going to add some offense, but uh, he's performed really uh, well below expectations and well below what he's done in a, earlier in his young career. Only one assist in 18 games played this season. I've been to see you miss the last two practices, so uh, I'm pretty sure that, that we are dealing with some sort of injury. The team hasn't released uh, any update on that. And they're targeting a, a potential return for Thursday, uh, which does mean he, he'll be out of the lineup tonight. So um, that just adds to a team that's already really banged up. Anthony Mantha, Trevor Daly's been out for a while. Uh, Danny DeKaiser's been sidelined for a bit. It looks like they'll get Daly back tonight, possibly just an abdicator as well. Um, but really a, a team that we didn't expect much when healthy and now they're banged up, just adding uh, to further woes in the Motor City. Well, one team that we didn't expect uh, this kind of a breakout is the Edmonton Oilers, but their stars are carrying the flag here, and uh, the the soldiers are following in behind them. They, they've got a 2-3-1 record kind of dropping from uh, what they'd done earlier in the season, but I still have a lot of faith that, that they're going to be in the postseason hunt a lot longer than we've seen in the last several years, and they could make some noise if they get there. Matt Benning, a defenseman, is out with a head injury, though that's some tough news. He's only played once since November 21st, now finally placed on the IR. So they uh, they got some good mileage out of him and a couple, a couple other rear guards that have helped the cause here behind that potent offense. Well, up front, Joachim Nygaard, now listed as a right winger on the top line, playing with, with McDavid, had a two-point game on Sunday. Sunday, and if he's listed back there again tonight, he'll be a pretty strong DFS play, I would suggest. Jujar Kyra is on a nice run, too, offensively with five goals in his last nine games played. He's been in and out of the lineup most of the season, but looking to find his groove and maybe challenge for a top-six role. If he continues that type of scoring, he'll get that. And uh, they shuffled things around in terms of splitting up the big two. McDavid's still on the top line, but Dreisaitl's moved over to the right wing on the second line. I'm sure this is an opportunity to try and stretch the lineup a little bit more and not put all their eggs in one basket to be easily defended or defended more easily I should say because it's not going to be easy to defend these two guys when they're together. Zach Cassian is back at right wing on the top line after missing three games with an injury and that's one of the reasons why they were able to shuffle dry sidle because Cassian has done a, a great job riding shotgun for, for McDavid so far this season. Yeah, and another player that's giving him uh, some more roster flexibility that's recently returned is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He was out for, for six games due to an injury, played their most recent outing against Buffalo. And so I think they're going to see whether or not Nugent Hopkins and, and Dreisaitl can kind of mesh uh, together and, and get something going there. But uh, look, this is not the last we'll have seen of Dreisaitl and McDavid playing on the same line. I definitely think there'll be opportunities for that down the stretch, but I really from a fantasy standpoint i don't think it matters uh, where either of these guys is playing uh they'll they'll continue to produce they'll play with each other on the top power play so they'll still see time together and uh, i expect continued big seasons from both aj the florida panthers are one of the most improved teams in the league and if you would have told me that i would have said sergey bobrovsky's had a big part to play in it but uh, the high-priced goalie came over here and he has been a bit of a bit of a 
flop. His goals against is north of three per game, and that's one reason why they had to look around and try and bring in somebody to kind of challenge him. And Chris Dreger, uh, a, a journeyman goalie at best uh, in his young career, he's picked up wins in his uh, two two wins recently as the new backup goalie. You wonder if they're going to give him a bit of a run to challenge Bobrovsky a little bit more. Uh, in front of him, Keith Yandel uh, continues to defy uh, his birth certificate, leading all D-men with eight points in his last five games played and continues to fly below the radar when people think about top-scoring defensemen. His name doesn't usually come up, but he's always there year in, year out, and he's pacing this squad, uh, one of the teams that's been one of the brightest bits of news around the NHL. Barkov and Huberto, uh, we talk, I mentioned earlier, there's um, about 10 guys that are on pace for 100 points. These are a pair of teammates on the top line here. Again, don't get a lot of press like some of the other superstars around the league, but believe me, they're strong DFS plays uh, every night that they suit up, and they've been dynamic all season long. And uh, Dadanoff is a guy who's been a bit of a secret DFS weapon. He's riding shotgun with these guys all season and had a nice year too. Uh, Vinny Trocek, uh, a guy who they count on to kind of hold down the fort on the second scoring line. He's been blanked in his last three games after a six-game point-per-game pace. They need him to continue to, to produce, to take some pressure off that top-scoring unit. I think Bobrovsky is telling Coach Quenville, hey, message received at this point. You look at his last uh, two games after uh, being benched uh, for two contests. One goal allowed in each of them, faced over 30 shots in, in both contests and really uh, performing well uh, in those outings against his former team, uh, Columbus, and then San Jose as well. So I, I really think uh, we are going to see Bobrovsky kind of turn the corner here and get back to being the, the goalie that, that they expected out of him. You know, with, with the exception of one shutout performance, this is uh, only the second and third games in which he's allowed fewer than two goals. Uh, and so really a, a bad start to the season, got benched for a couple and, and now seems to have figured it out. In Los Angeles, they're trying to figure out how to find six healthy defensemen. Alec Martinez suffered a deep cut on his wrist and is on the long-term injury situation list as uh, after returning... Uh, from the surgical award he's going to be in the press box for a while there Derek Forbert out with a back injury returned from an AHL conditioning assignment may soon make his season debut another guy who's in that uh, mold we mentioned two of them earlier on the show Nikolai Prokorkin a uh, guy who was given some time on the second line uh, at center has uh, shown well with three points in his five games uh, last five games played that kind of uh, helped to offset uh, Kopitar's slump, although he snapped his own personal five-game pointless streak with a two-point effort on Saturday. But a real sign of the times here, AJ, Jonathan Quick in the Nets has only two wins in his last seven starts, despite allowing two goals or less in five of those games. So really not much offense going on in Los Angeles right now, and that makes Quick a tough pick in DFS play, in my opinion. Absolutely, and another, uh, you know, uh, season-long pick that really hasn't panned out and, and doesn't seem like it's going to anytime soon is Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, still not in the lineup, still, uh, by all accounts, not skating with the team right now. And you have to wonder what they're going to do, uh, if there is a market out there somewhere that will take him, if they would consider waving him outright to let him go back to the KHL. Um, I, I just am not seeing it at, the, at this point. Because I think if the, I think honestly, if they wave him, I would imagine uh, a team would would try and give him a look. 
Um, so I don't think they want to lose him for nothing, but I'm also not sure that they are going to get back what they think they should. They probably would have to eat some salary too. He's getting paid 6.25 million this year and next. So they would probably have to retain some salary. That's also, uh, you know, not something they're, they're probably really excited about doing either. So uh, it's kind of a stalemate here. I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see a lot of action heating up on this until we get past the Christmas break, uh, if not even into February. Devin Dubnik is out due to his wife's health concern, out since November 16, meaning Alex Stalock is handling the starting goalie role. He's gone 5-1-2 and two in his absence. And uh, Kapo Kakonen has been brought up from the minors, has recorded two wins in his two starts as the new backup, allowing only four goals against Koivu has landed on the IR two games ago. This guy has held down one of the top center roles here for years and years, but dealing with a lower body injury, and uh, and that's a tough blow for this club that needs all hands on deck to compete. They've been better than I thought they would be this year. A couple of reasons why uh, things have gotten a little bit better of late. Jason Zucker, five points in his last five games played, and Matt Zuccarello, six points in his last five games played. I'm really happy to see Zuccarello turn things around, AJ, because this is a guy I thought would thrive in Minnesota, and over the last month or so, he's really starting to deliver the goods here. Jonas Brodeen, six assists in his last seven games played, is another guy that's chipping in with offense from the defense. They've had lots of that most notably from Jared Spurgeon, but they're going to miss him for at least the next two weeks with a broken hand. He had six points in his five games prior to this injury, so he was going along well and having a nice season, but uh, it's been interrupted right now. The biggest concern for me with this club is is down the middle here. You've got uh, Ryan Donato playing second-line center, Victor Rask playing third-line center, and these are guys that have periodically been healthy scratches for them during the season. Uh, and so it really speaks to how thin they are at the position and, and the lack of having Miko Koivu uh, available uh, really hurts them. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we see Joel Erickson Eck move over to center. Uh, Ryan Hartman maybe could be an option as well. Uh, and I, I think this is a, a position that they need to address not only uh, for this season while Koivu is out, but beyond. Uh, there's is just a very thin, uh, you know, position with this team, and that's not a spot where you want to be thin. It's other than like net mining, and I guess maybe defense, but I, I would say other than net mining, center is probably the last place that I would want to be really thin. I, I think you can get by uh, with, you know, without the defensive depth. It's not ideal, obviously, but really they need to address the center position here. And you look at Stahl, he's only getting a year older at this point, uh, certainly not a, a, a spring chicken there either. And so how much longer does he have as well as a, another concern? Montreal Canadiens, they have to be concerned, AJ. They're 2-4-1 and one in their last seven games played and kind of sliding from uh, 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 being in second place in the Atlantic Division. They're kind of trying to hold on to playoff contention here, and it's going to be challenging without Jesperi Kotkaniemi and Victor Mete joining a lengthy injury list. Uh, Kotkaniemi out with concussion symptoms. Mete suffering an ankle injury, missing last four games and expected to be out at least another week or two before he gets back into action. One guy that's going to try and hold the fort is uh, Shea Weber. Two goals and three assists in his last seven games played. He's having the rebound season that we both expected from him uh, this year. Caden Primo, uh, a highly touted 
goalie prospect got his debut uh, last week uh, under his belt getting up three goals on 35 shots and a home loss against a high octane abs team that's a bit of a knock on uh, Carey price who had been struggling but is he back in form i wonder after allowing only six goals in his last three starts could be that this is another situation where uh, an infusion of a backup goalies inspired the starter yeah, I mean it's certainly uh, not not the a time to dump Carey Price by by any stretch of the imagination. I know that's not what what you were suggesting, Paul. Uh, you know, even with that kind of extended slump that he had, uh, this is a player that I would have always anticipated bouncing back uh, and, and getting things righted here. Uh, and so I expect him to be in his usual form. Obviously, the injuries will make it harder uh, to get some wins here, but uh, he is still. Uh, one of the best net miners in the league. Nashville Predators, 13, 10, and 5, 3, 1, and 2 in their last six games played. Uh, Victor Arvidsson out with a lower body injury. This guy has been a key part of that offense. They're going to miss him for the next four to six weeks. Mikhail Granlund missed the last two games with a lower body injury, so two snipers uh, missing from the top six will challenge this offense. And uh, to tell you that they're struggling offensively, I'll under, under, underline the point. Uh, their top two centers, Brian Johansson and Matt Duchesne, really struggling. Uh, historical struggle for Johansson, actually, to the point where he's headed for his worst season since his rookie year in the 2011-12 campaign. And Duchesne's fared only slightly better as both their shots on goal rates are well off their career norms. That kind of tells the tale here. And one guy who's paying for all this is Pekka Rinne. His uh, goaltending is not nowhere near what we usually expect to see from him. One of the uh, see, uh, goalie stalwarts around the NHL is uh, floundering right now. He's allowed three or more goals in six of his last seven starts. So things not going well, despite the, the uh, winning record in the last uh, two weeks over here in Nashville. Yeah, I definitely think we're going to see a little bit more of UC Saros uh you know as this as these struggles continue now they did uh get a win uh most recently against new jersey but still as you pointed out not the best outing as they gave up four goals so uh saros projects at least to me to see some more time here and get some more opportunities another guy who uh, appeared to take advantage of his opportunity was Kyle Terrace. He was on the bench, or in the press box, rather, for uh, seven straight games. Got into the game against Tampa Bay, picked up a goal and an assist, including uh, the goal coming on the power play, but then was blanked again uh, against New Jersey. They're trying him on the wing with, with Matt Duchesne, so they are very clearly trying to figure out how to get Kyle Terrace going. Uh, but if the game against New Jersey is any indication and these struggles continue, uh, he may find himself back on the outside looking in once they get back, you know, Grandland and, and Arvidsson. New Jersey, uh, AJ, you talked about the off-ice news with Ty- Taylor Hall, trade rumors swirling around this team. On the ice, he's produced four points in his last three games, play, trying to put that stuff aside. Nico Heischer missed the last two games with an illness, but is expected back this week, so that'll help this offense. In the Nets, uh, while we suggested... Mackenzie Blackwood would emerge as a clear number one, and he has a while ago. His numbers, 3.05 goals against and an 899 save percentage are worse, actually, than what he posted last year. And that's caused uh, another call-up from uh, the minors for a backup role. Uh, Louis Ming uh, brought up, allowed 11 goals in his last two starts, so not the success that a couple of other goalies that we've pointed out on this show. That kind of performance will not push Blackwood at all. Will Butcher 
is a guy who we was highly touted as a defenseman here a couple of years ago when they signed him after a great college career. His scoring totals, though, AJ, they're regressing for a second straight season. I'm alarmed that uh, this guy with an offensive upside has only nine points in 27 games played. That might be a function of the fact that this team just doesn't score a lot. Yeah, it's definitely a concern uh, with with Butcher. He's one of those players that, you know, every year uh, I think, okay, this this is going to be it. You know, he had the 44 points uh, as a rookie, and and it looked like you know he would only build upon that. Dipped down to 30 last year. You know, chalk that up to sophomore slump. You know, if you want, uh, I certainly did, and anticipate a bounce back season uh, this year. But it certainly has not appeared on the ice. Uh, he is getting looks with the man advantage, uh, so uh, but hasn't shown anything for it. Zero points uh, on the power play, and and really you have to wonder how long he's going to continue to to get those opportunities because there just isn't uh, you know he's not rewarding them uh, for for getting those minutes with the man advantage. The New York Islanders, AJ, to me, they continue to defy, log- to defy logic. They are among the te- top teams in the league. They're only three and four in the last seven games, but 19-7-2 and two on the season. They suffered a tough blow recently when Nick Letty went down with a leg injury on the weekend. We await an update on the status. Maybe you have something at your end. Again, I'm missing information on my end in this regard. With the latest injury news, there was no news as of yesterday on the sites that I, I refer to. Ryan Pollock, one goal and three assists, trying to hold his end of the bargain up on the blue line in his last four games with solid D play as well uh, that they're getting from the second pairing D man with a lack of consistent production up front though on the left side Beauvillier and Lee uh, really under underwhelming so far this year Ross Johnson's been getting left wing minutes on the top line he put in another goal last night and could get a long look here as long as the other two guys don't perform to the level of expectation the lack of scoring here is a bit of a concern despite the lofty record Matthew Barzal and Brock Nelson are still the only two players that have as many as 20 points on this team to date. That's a surprise for me. Well, on another uh, rough outing for them, they, uh, you know, they did uh, get the win against, or rather not a rough outing for them. They got a win against Tampa, put in, uh, you know, five goals overall. So maybe that's a a sign of things to come. Uh, And you mentioned Nick Letty. He missed last night's game. Noah Dobson getting uh, the top line assignment uh, or top pairing assignment with Johnny Boychuk uh, while while Letty's out and no real indication that they call them day to day. So I'm not sure what that means for, for their next outing here, uh, you know, Varlamov and Grice continue to, to flip-flop the starts here. And at this point, no reason not to, right? If As long as the wins keep coming, uh, whether they be, uh, you know, and the points keep coming, if these guys aren't winning games, they tend to, you know, at least get an overtime loss here. Uh, and so no reason to really shake up uh, the back and forth that they have on Long Island. In New York, where the Rangers are rolling along right now, five two and one, the record. The rebuild is in full, uh, in full bloom right now. Fifteen eleven and three on the whole season. Alexander Georgiev three one three and one is the record for the relief goalie in uh, in New York. Uh, in his last four starts, two shutouts and four goals against. He's on fire right now and clamoring for more playoff time. Numbers like that, even Henrik Lundqvist was will say, you got to play this guy. Jacob Truba, two goals, five assists in his last eight games played. One of the top-scoring defensemen in the league is continuing to deliver the goods and live up to his lofty contract that he signed in the offseason here. Rookie D-men, though, and young D-men are also riding shotgun with him. 
is Adam Fox, two goals, four assists in his last eight games played, and Tony D'Angelo, one goal, five assists in his last eight games played, rounding out a very high-scoring back-end defense compliment here. Up front are Temi Panarin, two goals, seven assists in his last eight games, and Mika Zabinijad, three goals and three assists to pace the forwards here. There's some youngsters there too, but the veterans are carrying the flag right now. Yeah, you mentioned Georgiev's uh, strong run of form. Uh, they are going to give Lundqvist the start tonight on the on the road uh, against Los Angeles. That's to me that feels like a good opportunity to hopefully get you know King Henrik back uh, and, and rolling here to go against uh, you know Los Angeles uh, in that outing. But obviously they they have something with Georgiev. The question for me. Uh, you know, obviously I, I always go back to the, the cap numbers and everything and what this means long term. They've got Henrik Lundqvist tied up uh, for one more year after this season at eight point five million. They're going to have to pay Georgiev after this year. He'll be an RFA. Uh, so are they going to give him like a three, four million dollar bridge deal? That's a lot of money to be tied up in, in your net minding. And this may be an indication of what we're going to see Henrik Lundqvist after next season's deal he'll be 38 years old is it a is it a situation where he hangs it up does another team after that season consider bringing him in on a minimum deal uh you know to play another year or two we'll have to see but certainly uh, an interesting transition time for the net mining in in new york well i'll underscore that too aj by referring to the fact that in the minors they have a guy named igor shesterkin who is uh, deemed to be the prospect of the future and uh, uh, projects as a number one goalie here. So you wonder if that makes Georgiev a trade chip too. I'll throw that out because the Rangers are a team, as I said, in a rebuild mode and they have a wealth of, of goaltending uh, talent in not only at the NHL level but in the minors. And this could be a situation to really monitor because of the contracts that they have. They might want to use Georgiev as a really interesting bargaining chip. So keep an eye on his situation. I would love to see the Leafs try and snag him from the Rangers to solidify their goaltending situation as an example of teams that should be looking. The Ottawa Senators, uh, before last night's victory, they were 1-6 and six in their last seven games. And uh, I have to admit, surprised, that Connor Brown has only got three goals so far this year. While he has 15 assists, and that's great, he's hanging on to right-wing minutes on the top line. And a guy that gets three goals in almost half a season can't possibly hang on to that situation much longer so he's going to be pressured to produce there and one of the guys that could help him is Artem Anisimov he's had an injury riddled season playing in only 12 games played he's been back in for the last five and he needs to be a spark to this offense just as he has been in previous stops around the league where he has solidified top sixes elsewhere uh, Nemesnikov is a winger who has profiled, profiled similar to Anisimov and has only has two points in his last three games played as a top line, uh, top six winger on the left side. Uh, so these two veteran guys can do a lot to uh, improve the Senators' fortunes if they get a few more reps under their belt. Maybe the offense comes around a little bit. Despite the team's offensive struggles, though, Thomas Shabbat on defense is almost on pace for another 50-plus point season. And for a team that's offensively challenged, I think that's quite a statement for for this young defenseman. Oh, absolutely. And the, the problem here, uh, you know, in terms of long-term success for the team is other than Shabbat, they really don't have anybody that can put in a lot of points. You shouldn't be expecting offense from guys like Mark Borowicki or Ron Hainsey. Even Dylan DeMello is not exactly an offensive uh, powerhouse. And so really it, from the blue line, it starts and stops with Thomas Shabbat. Uh, they do have 
Uh, in the Nets, Craig Anderson expected to miss about a week uh, due to a knee injury there. He kind of had lost out on the, the starting job, was still factoring in from time to time, but Anders Nilsson has kind of claimed uh, that spot there in, in Ottawa. And, you know, for, for what he has around him, I think Nilsson's numbers are decent this year. Uh, eight, eight, and one. Uh, 3.30 goals against average, which is obviously higher than you want in terms of fantasy. But if I'm an Ottawa Senators fan, uh, I certainly wouldn't be uh, disappointed in what Nilsson has been able to do considering what he has around him. And the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, another team in the Eastern Conference that is outperforming my expectations at least, AJ. They're 6-1 and one in their last seven games, 17-8-5 overall, and solidifying a, a playoff berth. Uh, at this point in time if they can hold hold on to this trajectory one of the things that's going to make that a little more difficult is Travis Konechny suffering a concussion on Saturday he's looking to be out indefinitely and uh, he joins Mike Raffle who broke a finger two games ago and is now on the LTIR uh, situation himself in the Nets Carter Hart four wins and only six goals against in his last four starts looks like the real deal in in Philadelphia and finally solving the goalie conundrum as we referred to it for several years Shane Gostisbehere is a guy that was a an offensive stalwart for this team for a couple of years before floundering last season a little bit and earlier this year but he's uh, back looking like uh, he did formerly with three goals and one assist in his last five games played joining Ivan Provorov in that regard too another defenseman who's played very well offensively two goals and three assists for that rear guard in his last seven games Another young player that's that's starting to to gel for them right now is is rookie Joel Farabee. Uh, you know, had had some goal issues and, and really the goals haven't been there a ton. Has just one goal uh, in his last uh, sixteen games. But you look at his overall production of late. He's got points in all but one of his last six contests. One goal, four assists, and really. Uh, coming on strong now the shots on goal rate here is lower than I would like just seven shots in those last six games that's not going to help him uh, start putting goals in the the back of the net here but the assists at least are there and I would expect him to take on a bigger role with a guy like Konechny out uh, you know potentially long term Evgeny Malkin, 12 points in his last seven games played, once again rising to the challenge of a Crosby absence. We've seen this before, AJ, and uh, maybe they should find a way to tell him that Sidney's not playing every night, even when he's back in the lineup. <laughs> Brian DeMoulin, though, uh, in terms of the injury news, they can't seem to get away from it here. DeMoulin suffered a broken ankle three games ago, had surgery, and would be lost for two months to the club. Patrick Hornquist is another guy in and out of the sick bay. He was uh, back from injury for three games, but is out again with a knee injury and will miss a another month with the struggles of Matt Murray the Penguins have turned to Kristen Jarry and he has performed it so well that he's been the most added goalie in in fantasy up 33 23 percent in terms of ownership to 41 percent leading all goalies with four wins and two shutouts in the last two weeks I wonder if there's a goalie controversy brewing in Pittsburgh AJ maybe you can address that with your thoughts another defenseman uh, that's doing very well Chris Letang uh, back from his injury stint and finding his groove with six points in his last seven games played and Jake Gunsell not missing Sid the kid on fire offensively five six five goals six assists in his last seven games played so tell me why Malkin thrives so well and what's going on with Matt Murray yeah the the interesting thing I I haven't seen the the numbers you know adding in the last uh, game or two but I'm 
It's right around 1.3 uh, points per game uh, that Malkin has scored historically in his career when Crosby's out of the lineup. And I think it's just one of those things where uh, in those situations, he understands that he needs to play uh, at his absolute best to keep the team afloat. Uh, it's uh, certainly as a, you know, as a fan of the team, you'd like to see him playing at that level all the time. Uh, this year, especially though, with how motivated he came in this season to, to have a good year after, you know, really sh- struggling for, for his level uh, last year. In terms of Murray, it just it's been bad net mining lately. You look uh, in their last uh, five games, his only starts have come on the second of back to backs. Uh, and so I do think there's a little bit of a of a goaltending controversy, if you will. Right now, the hot hand is Tristan Jari. And, and really, uh, I think what the organization uh, as a whole is going to like about that is not only getting the wins, um, but potential trade option whether it's jari or uh you know casey DeSmith down down in the minors who's doing decent uh with the baby pens right now and so uh if they want to add something to this team i think they would potentially be trading from a position of strength whether it's jari or DeSmith. how they get matt murray back on track i'm not really sure uh this has been kind of a thing with him throughout his career he had a really strong first month of the season started off november well and then it just you know went to to heck in a handbasket if you will uh the win uh the other night was his first since november 9th uh that's nearly a month without a single win i had three overtime losses in that stretch so at least got points in those contests but really uh i don't know what the answer is for matt murray i can tell you as a penguins fan uh and i'm sure i'm not alone here that uh there are times right now where it seems like perhaps we made the wrong choice uh, back in the expansion draft and didn't keep Mark Andre around. Oh boy, I was wondering when his name was going to come <laughs> up. The St. Louis Blues uh, underscore why we are here, AJ, because there's comings and goings on the infirmary. Uh, you got to know who's playing, and we're trying to help you out with with our format here. And while I say that, I want to put it out to our listeners: please don't hesitate to ask what we can do to improve our show in terms of adding more con- uh, content that is relevant to your needs. We are all ears to, to hear what you might have it, uh, say in that regard. But as an example of what's important to uh, our way of thinking, you got to know who's in the lineups. And, and in St. Louis right now, Oscar Sundquist is out at, uh, for the last five games with a lower body injury and will be lost to this team at least until the end of this week. Alex Dean is, on the other hand, close to returning from his ankle injury. And again, on the flip side, Sammy Blay will miss at least 10 weeks with a wrist injury. These guys were all key components in the Stanley Cup run last year. And the team is 4-2-1 and one in their last seven games. So they're playing well despite that. And Jake Allen is a guy that uh, we haven't mentioned too much this season, uh, th- thrust into the relief role here behind Jordan Benning- Bennington, who basically stole his job last season and hasn't given it back. But Allen 2-0-1 in his last four appearances, allowing only four goals against. You wonder if he's positioned himself to be in trade talks uh, later this season. Alex Pietrangelo is another fellow, the captain here of this club, who is in trade talks, still a 
stud D-man, though, in my opinion, and looks to be playing out his option as as he needs a new contract, and his name is in these trade rumors. I wonder, uh, they probably can't afford to fit him and Justin Falk on this blue line. Falk was rewarded when he was traded uh, for earlier this season with a huge extension. And uh, do I drop a trade rumor here and say, AJ, that the Leafs are going to call on, on Petrangelo to see if he's available in, in a deal? I mean, it certainly wouldn't be out of the question. It, and it also wouldn't be the first time that the Blues trade, uh, you know, their high-profile defensemen either. We saw that a couple of years ago. Uh, so I, I think all options are on the table. You mentioned players uh, that are called up playing different roles. Uh, two that I'll mention in, in terms of DFS value here, you've got Nathan Walker playing on the right wing for the first line with Jaden Schwartz and Braden Shen. He's going to have a pretty low uh, cost on, on your DFS uh, contest, as well as Jordan Cairo, who was called up just yesterday. Looks like projected to be a second line role, at least based on yesterday's practice, along with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. So really uh, a couple of guys that aren't going to break the bank and can really fill your, your DFS lineups there on St. Louis. In San Jose, this team's on a four-game losing streak. It seems to be up and down uh, all season long. They're 3-4-1 and one in their last eight games, played over the last two weeks, a busy schedule for them. Eric Carlson has bucked the trend of uh, floundering players uh, here. Eight points in his last eight games played over those two weeks to lead this offense. Thomas Hurdle is back in the lineup but only has two assists in his last six games played, so taking some time to find his groove. They need him to get back on top of his game. And similarly, Martin Jones in goal. He had a nice, long, effective stretch, but he's given up 13 goals in his last three starts. That has to be a big concern with, their, with your number one goalie there. And uh, I think I'll turn it over to you, AJ, to see what you have to say about the San Jose team. I think it should be a lot better team than they are on paper. Uh, and what they've shown so far to date, they don't match up in those two situations. Oh, absolutely. I think this should be a significantly better team. I think fortunately for them, they've been able to kind of hang around. Uh, they're just three points back of Vegas for, for the last wild card spot right now. And that's really only four points shy of Calgary uh, for third in the Pacific. So they're still in the mix. And one of the problems with this team has to be Brent Burns. You look at what he's done lately, pointless in eight straight games uh, and really not getting anything out of him. Uh, Eric Carlson, on the other hand, has been significantly better. Now, he doesn't have goals in any of his last seven games, but has six assists over that stretch. Uh, and really, I think this speaks to struggles on the power play in, in both instances. Of those uh, six assists in the last seven games, only one of them for Carlson coming with a man advantage. And obviously, Brent Burns, as I said, uh, isn't contributing in that role either. So they need to figure something out here and uh, how to get Brent Burns going. I'm, I'm not quite sure what the answer is. Maybe they need to consider pairing these guys up five on five for a little bit just to maybe see if that'll get Burns out of his funk and back to being the offensive powerhouse that they expect him to be. And in Tampa, they expected this team to be a powerhouse this season again, but they're 3-4-1 and one in their last eight games following a loss last night. Uh, Nikita Kucherov is one guy who's uh, trying to offset the, the downside with his performance. Three goals, eight assists in seven games before last night's tilt. But they suffered a blow in terms of another injury there. Tyler Johnson will miss a couple of games with a lower body hurt. In his place, Corey Conacher has been called up, and it's interesting that they're slotting him in as the right winger on the second line there. That could be an interesting DFS play because he has some offensive upside to him and is put in 
into a, a really good role here right off the da- bat. Uh, Braden Point's a guy who's had a bit of a subpar season for him. Uh, has turned things around of late, too. Three goals and three assists in his last seven games played. And Alex, Alex Kalorn has found a way to figure into the offense to the, to the point where he's been one of the most added players in fantasy. His ownership is up 10% to 38% overall with his efforts in the last couple of weeks and the role that he's getting here in the top six situation. On the flip side, Andre Palat, only one point despite 17 goal, shots on goal in his last five games played. I'm going to suggest to you that if he keeps up that level of shot production, the totals, the scoring totals will come. In the Nets, I'm still troubled by Valer, uh, Vasilevsky, rather, still uh, off his game with only three wins and 18 goals against in his last six games, and I think he gave up three more. There were two empty netters last night, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, AJ, in that five spot as well. Victor Hedman, seven points in his last seven games played, continuing to do what he does to be one of the top-scoring D-men. Mikhail Sergachev trying to join him in that regard. The youngster has on uh, quite a tear offensively with three goals and two helpers in five games played. But really, overall, AJ, I'm concerned that this team is nowhere near what they should be in the standings. Oh, absolutely correct there. Now, it was uh, Curtis McElhinney, who was in the pipes for them last night, gave up the the five goals on on 24 shots. They'll get Vasilevsky tonight. Uh, They're going to use him in the second game of the back-to-back against the, uh, you know, state, in-state rival uh, Florida Panthers. So we'll We'll see if he can bounce back here. You know, his most recent performance, 37 of 38 saves in in a win over San Jose. Um, But you know a team is searching for answers when they've got Steven Stamkos currently slotted in as your third-line center. Uh, That's certainly not uh, his usual spot in the lineup, that's for sure. Uh, And that's certainly probably a fluid situation. You know, he's going to play first-line center minutes uh, and whether it's with the third line guys, whether they double shift him and, and get him in with Killorn and Conacher on the second um, periodically, it, it'll be a mix of things. But certainly it it speaks to their struggles when you have to consider, uh, you know, doing something drastic like that in order to mix things up. The Maple Leafs are up next, AJ. They're three and three in their last six games played. I have a lot of question marks around this team. And uh, I'm troubled by the fact that Andreas Johnson will, will be lost to this lineup for the next four weeks after blocking a shot with his leg. Pointless Aberg on the Maple Leafs. I'm going to call him. I'm not going to call him that anymore now that he's with the big club. He had a pretty nice run with the Marlies that earned him this promotion. 24 points in 22 games played in the AHL so far this year. Trevor Moore is a guy that played with the Marlies with some degree of success to the point where he was slotted in as a starter this year with the Leafs, but he's been out since November 15 with a shoulder injury. May return to the lineup later this week. That's some good news. Freddie Anderson, three wins and a shutout in his last five starts. That's the best news of all here that uh, the goaltender, who I rank as one of the top five in the league, is finding his game again. Austin Matthews is averaging four shots on goal a game over his last six games played but only broke through with a couple of goals in the last outing against St. Louis bit of good news coming out of the infirmary Zach Hyman has five goals in nine games played since he returned from the IR well Paul I don't know what more you want out of Pontus Aberg he got an assist in his one game so a point per game pace on the year certainly isn't going to get any better than that so uh, I love him in, in DFS right now, uh, playing with Matthews and Nylander. I think that's a great spot for him and makes him a, a high-value own there uh, with that club. 
Okay, up next, the Vancouver Canucks. They're 3-3 three and three in their last six games. Alex Edler has been out since November 30th with a shoulder injury. That's going to keep him out at least another week or two, in my uh, estimation. Quinn Hughes has risen up to this challenge to drive this offense from the back end with six assists in his last six games played. This guy's still not yet 20 years old, and he's already shown me that he's going to be a top-scoring D-man for a while, uh, barring injury that might uh, sideline him from that pace. Tanner Pearson up front is helping offensively with seven points in his last five games played playing a tough physical game ditto for Antoine Roussel who was finally back in the lineup making his season debut three goals for the rugged winger in his first two games played this season as left winger on the third line JT Miller continues his role with four goals and four assists in his last six games played so some rugged types here making Vancouver a tough out right now Well, and they're only going to get tougher by adding a player like Brandon Sutter, who could return to the lineup tonight. I would call him a game-time decision right now. Uh, And he's also a a guy that can add some depth scoring as as well. He's certainly not going to be a 40-goal scorer at at any point here, but uh, is certainly capable, if if fully healthy, of reaching the 30-point mark. Uh, He's got eight through 19 games this year. Still could push for 30. I would say a, a pretty solid lock for 20. Uh, and uh, maybe a sneaky option uh, in DFS from time to time. Up next, the Vegas Golden Knights, and it reminds me that uh, our friend Daniel Negrano did a fine job with you last week. I want to thank him for stepping in to the breach uh, with an interesting change of format there for one week, and we might take a look at that down the road again on a regular basis, AJ, in the new year perhaps. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights, 4-2-1 in their last seven games played. Cody Glass suffered a headshot and may be placed in concussion protocol this week, joining Cody Eakin, who went out with a similar issue four weeks ago and still not back in the lineup. Alex Tuck uh, helping the offensive load with seven points in his last five games played. Talk about another physical player who's producing points right now. I love these guys, AJ, so I want to mention them as often as possible. And while Marc-Andre Fleury's been out dealing with his father's illness and eventual passing, Malcolm Subban has held the fort here with a 4-2-1 and record in the Nets. And uh, Chandler Stevenson is another interesting name here, but he's not doing much with one point in eight games played, despite the fact he's getting a long look at the second-line center role, and that's a bit of a concern here as long as Glass is out of the lineup, in my opinion. Well, I'll take partial ownership for uh, for Subban getting shelled by the Rangers the other night because I thought I was being uh, sneaky with my DFS lineup and saving some cost by putting him in. Thought he could steal a win against the Rangers. That clearly wasn't the, the case. And uh, let me tell you, that lineup did not cash. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, I would expect we'll see Marc-Andre Fleury uh, tonight. Uh, you know, I think uh, they've you know really been... Subban's been decent. He's been fine, but obviously, anytime you can have a, a player of Fleury's caliber in the lineup, that's that's what you're most going to want and need. And I think they'll get him back tonight. Uh, with the kind of games missed, I may have to soften my stance that he was a, a sixty uh, goal, a sixty game guy this year. Might end up closer to fifty five. Uh, so you know, uh, apologies to the Fleury owners out there that uh, you're not going to get a, a sixty game guy. All right, and the Washington Capitals having a great season. They're on a six-game winning streak before last night's action. I think they took it on the chin, though, last night, didn't they, AJ, Uh, in that game? Braden Holpe, four wins in his last four starts before last evening, 10 goals against uh, on the ledger. John Carlson continues to lead all defensemen with seven points in his last seven games, played a runaway uh, Norris Trophy winner, in my opinion, this season. 
Evgeny Kuznetsov, two goals, five assists in his last six games played. You might think he's doing that a lot with Ovi on his line, but that's not the case now. He's playing with Jakub Vrana, who has four goals and four assists in his last six games played, playing, playing on that second line, which is kind of outperforming the top unit of late. I'm a little bit surprised that uh, Richard Panik's been kind of a, a dud offensively here. Only two points in 21 games played this season. A rare flop in the nation's capital as the rest of this team is doing very, very well. Yeah, you mentioned last night's game, uh, 5-2 loss to, to the Blue Jackets. Hopi gave up uh, four goals in that game, snapping a four-game uh, winning streak for him. Uh, I think, you know, we'll still see a, a sprinkling of Ilya Samsonov uh, throughout the season here. Uh, but overall, uh, I do think it's it's firmly still Braden Holpe's net uh, there. We're not uh, we're not looking at a at a Rangers situation uh, in in uh, in Washington. In Winnipeg, Dmitry Kulikov joined their injured reserve. He's been out since November 29 with an upper body injury and will miss at least another five to seven weeks. That's a crippling blow to a defense that has been made over during the course of the season. Despite that, this team is 4-1-1 in their last six games played. Brian Little uh, is also out of lineup, initially thought to be back by now, but there's no end in sight in terms of the timeline for his injury situation, at least at my end, AJ. Again, despite all that, Connor Hallibuck, four wins and one shutout in his last five starts, is ho certainly holding up his end of the bargain in the Nets here. Neil Pionk is a guy that uh, I thought would have a nice season as one of the defensemen they would lean on here, and he's doing it again of late. One goal, three assists in his last six outings. And, of course, up front, Mark Shifley leading the parade with five goals, two assists, as they're just simply outscoring any def defensive deficiencies that might be uh, evident from time to time. Yeah, and Blake Wheeler continues uh, to shine in that second-line center role, uh, you know, moving to fill in for Little. Two goals, seven assists in his last seven games. Uh, three of those helpers coming with the man advantage there. So uh, really nothing to complain about in terms of, of DFS ownership here. Uh, really rolling uh, in that role and, and uh, excelling to the point where it makes you wonder how Brian Little fits into this lineup uh, once he does eventually come back. All right, AJ, it's time to talk FanDuel again, and uh, I'll begin by saying anybody who's listening to the show here and p looking at my picks is cashing of late. Three out of four winners for me in the last uh, month of play, and I'm playing a little more frequently and having that same kind of success even offline. So uh, I'm riding a really long hot streak here, and I urge you to pay attention. But let's see what the optimizer has in store for tonight's game before I get to my picks and yours, AJ. Yeah, Optimizer likes uh, the Sharks uh, on the road against Nashville tonight. A, a full San Jose stack here, and it starts with Thomas Hurdle uh, at the center position, 5,900. And then the Optimizer likes Max uh, Dome, 5,500 tonight. So saving some money at the center position, and that's being spent uh, on the wings, starting with uh, Brendan Gallagher from Montreal at 7,500. And then Taylor Hall, 7,200. Uh, you know, I think even with New Jersey struggles, I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to say fading Hall would be a good idea most nights. Uh, and then the rest of your Shark stack comes in. Uh, Timo Meyer, 5,300. Kevin LeBanc, 4,500. And then defensively, uh, the optimizer goes with Brent Burns, 6,200. His price tag uh, has clearly dropped due to that slump. Usually uh, he projects as like the top-priced uh, D-man 
and uh, a pretty sizable you know cost there so 6200 if he can figure out his game uh, might be a, a sneaky value matt dumba the other uh, defenseman 3700 uh, minnesota going against anaheim tonight i like that spot as well and then in the nets the optimizer is gonna go with andre vasquez uh, 8,600. He's on the, the the rest of the team is on the second game of a back-to-back. They're on the road, a little bit of a risk there, but uh, he can always steal one for you, uh, both in DFS and for uh, the, the Lightning. Yeah, if it was last year, I'd be all over that pick with Vasilevsky, but I just can't see spending that kind of money on a guy who's had a very subpar season and is facing a uh, division rival is playing a very good level of hockey right now. For my part, then, I'm going to go a very different way from the optimizer today. Uh, Mark Shifley at the center for $7,700 is one half of the par, uh, parlay where I spent big money. Connor McDavid, $9,000. Uh, I'm looking for mismatches here with these two guy, guys facing subpar teams right now that are not doing well, and they've got the home ice advantage in both cases. So I'm hoping for big nights from my pivots this evening. I also throw in Leon Dreisaitl for $8,500, and people are starting to think, where's this guy going to get the rest of his money spent with spending <laughs> this kind of money on the top three guys? But here goes Connor Garland playing against Calgary for Arizona. This is a game that he's going to love to play in, a physical feisty player who's going to have all kinds of play- people trying to get in his face. That just gets him motiv- more motivated, and he's got some uh, good scoring totals in the last little while. Alex Tuck, I mentioned he's riding a hot stick right now. He gets the visiting Chicago Blackhawks who are banged up. I really love, like that pick for $4,600. Matt Zuccarello is a guy I really have a lot of time for in DFS play, playing very well of late, and he's got the home date against Anaheim for $5,700. I think that's a, a good bit of... Uh, production waiting for me. Shea Theodore is uh, one half of a cheap defense pairing that I think still has an offensive upside here. He's going to be in uh, all the high leverage situations for Vegas at home against Chicago. And then Tony D'Angelo, I mentioned the Rangers have a whole host of high scoring defensemen. He's only $3,900 despite the fact he's been on a pretty good roll. And in the Nets, I'm looking for a, a mismatch with Winnipeg hosting Detroit and Detroit floundering on an 11-game losing streak. Laurent Brassois is in there, the backup goalie being used by the Jets tonight, only costing me $7,400. So I'm looking to be at the pay window again with this group, AJ. How do you counter tonight? Yeah, so uh, a couple uh, similar themes here. I went uh, a little bit heavier on my Winnipeg stack. Uh, I've got uh, the max four guys in the lineup, uh, and that starts with Mike Shifley, 7,700. As you pointed out, he's just been too good of late to to go another route. Uh, I'm going to go with Mika Zabinijad as my other center here, 7,400. Uh, obviously I, I love your McDavid pick there, but I wanted to spend a little bit more money, uh, throughout the lineup and I'll pair him up with, uh, Capo Caco, uh, 5,200. Uh, he's having a great season for, for a rookie. Yes. There have been, uh, some slumps, uh, hasn't scored a goal in a little bit while, but still getting assists. And I think, uh, this is a matchup with the Rangers where he could find the back of the net. Uh, I also, the rest of my uh, line and stack for Winnipeg comes in in the wingers here. 7,800 for Patrick Laine, 6,700 for Kyle Connor. That's the full first line for Winnipeg and uh, their top power play unit there in in those three guys, uh, including Shifley. So I really like that group. Had to go uh, low-end option. I mentioned Jordan Cairo slotted in as a second-line uh, player for St. Louis tonight. He's just $3,000 on on FanDuel. And so as long as that line uh, assignment holds, I will use him tonight. Obviously, if that changes that practice today, uh, I may make some tweaks. But for $3,000 to get a second-line guy, that's a steal. 
Uh, and then I will go Morgan Riley tonight for Toronto 5,000. He's just been a really consistent, uh, you know, fantasy option here for for most of the season uh if he's not getting points he he racks up uh points with shots and and blocks as well so i like kind of the the low base there and i think he has a high ceiling especially against vancouver and same thing with ryan ellis 4800 uh for nashville uh kind of the same thing as a pretty low floor or pretty high floor rather and and could be a ceiling and then i round out my winnipeg stack going the same with you in the nets tonight laurent Brossois for 7,400. All right, AJ, before we sign off today, I want to address one of the things that we're trying to add to our shows in coming weeks since the trade deadline is two weeks, two months and a little bit away. We're going to start fueling that fire. We did touch on a couple of names here in Petrangelo and Hall. Uh, these are big name guys, AJ, and I, I'm looking for the return in both situations to be significant for St. Louis and New Jersey should they deal these guys. Certainly Hall looks like he's got one foot out the door uh, as an impending free agent, and maybe Fitrangelo is not far behind because it just doesn't show, seem like the Blues are showing this guy much love uh, by letting him dangle as their captain despite the fact that he's facing uh, unrestricted free agency next year. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on on the team situation here. You know, uh, St. Louis obviously would love to get back to the, the Stanley Cup. Uh, and so if they're in the mix, I don't really know how you, the return would warrant trading a guy like Petrangelo. Yes, you're risking losing him. But if the goal is to win the cup, I don't think you're going to get a return on him for a mid-year trade uh, that's going to make you significantly better in terms of winning. The op opposite is true in new jersey that team's not making the playoffs at this point uh and so trading hall to get something out of nothing here uh and i think one of the things that they're probably looking for is a first round pick uh they only have you know next year's draft they have their first rounder but they're missing both their second and third round picks next year uh and so they're going to want to be able to load up at the top of that draft and uh taylor hall uh, that they, you know, could get a first round pick. I'm sure they're going to want a goaltender. Uh, you know, their minors isn't really stocked with anybody that's that's super solid. And Domingue uh, is a career backup. So uh, a goaltending prospect, a first round pick, I think is probably about what they're asking for. Maybe a few other things thrown in there as well. Well, I'm sure fans are going to get a kick out of the trade rumors that we can unearth between uh, our, us over the coming weeks. So we'll try and infuse that uh, when we look at some of the teams going forward, AJ. And that wraps up today's episode of Podcast with Statsman and AJ. We thank you for listening. Our next episode will take place Tuesday, December 17th. Please remember to send your comments or questions on Twitter. Follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. As always, we invite you to listen into podcasts to get our tips to stay out of the competition in your fantasy hockey planning and research. So long, everybody. (laughs) 